Hello, 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 and welcome to Grind Season. This is Anthony Sane. I am one of the co-hosts of the Grind Season podcast, alongside my good friend and brother in what we do, this podcast game, Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show. Jason, what's going on, brother? Uh, not much, Drew. I will tell you this. Drew Barrett made me go back and get my hat. I know for most of you all, you won't, you don't have the visual, but Drew Barrett is used to me wearing my hat. He has a visual of us, and I tried to come in without it, and he told me it was too jarring. So that's I've gone back saying to try to get just for some normalcy, put right. the hat on, and hopefully this is gonna go. Uh, this is gonna go smoothly. I'm in this John Freshly chopped on two weeks yeah, you, off. Of you look good. You look good Freshly with all that. Like the beard looking sexy. You got the little dents and the indentions in the. Uh, in the beard, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what it is, bro. I think I got a nice little 40 year old doc, 45 year old doc Rivers haircut going Damn, on. Yeah, but you look kind of penny, penny Hardaway esque, man, with the super like, low. That's what I like to call it. Give me the penny. Give me the penny. Hey, penny, hold on to that joint, though, man. I think Penny might got a little, um, little, uh, little what's the name going on in there, too, though? A little, um, a little spray, spray. Not spray, but, uh, the micro pigmentation. The, micro, yeah. the yeah. fake hair. Yeah, yeah, it's like the little little colored in tattoo s mm-hmm. type vibe going. But yeah, mm-hmm. Penny be chopped with the ball here. But yeah, shout out to you, Jason Smith. Uh, shout out to you, brother. Looking good. We are freshly back. Thank you, brother. We are freshly back from the NBA All Star break. We took us All Star break as well. Uh, basically said fuck all this till the Grizzlies come back. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back. It is good to be here. Um, had people asking, man, we ain't heard nothing, y'all. Where y'all been? So we were back. We normally do this twice a week here on the uh, free Odyssey app or however you listen to podcasts. A lot of people listen to us on uh, Spotify and a lot of people listen to us on Apple Podcasts as well as the Odyssey app. And we thank you guys for tuning in. Jason Smith, of course, you can hear him Monday through Friday, 11 to 2 p.m. on 92.9 ESPN here in Memphis, along with John Martin. You can hear me on that show as well every Friday around 11.30 a.m. We had a great show today talking about the conspiracy of the uh, NBA, the agenda they're pushing, this anti-Black America agenda. This uh, because there's, there's so much hidden things they're saying, so many weighted statements they're making. Oh, the world game is just, oh, the international game is just, oh, it's just, it's just increasing. And oh, where's Josh Giddy? Let's, let's give Josh Giddy the microphone. Come, come talk to us, Josh Giddy. Go. Oh, there's, there's Luka Doncic. Come talk to us, Luka Doncic. Oh, look at him, Mac McClung. Oh, he saved the slam dunk contest. But anyway, I'm just gonna call it. I'm just gonna call it a, a international agenda. The movement, uh, that was I a see Trump. what y'all doing, NBA, huh? Make, make the NBA great again as Trump, yeah, it's, exactly. It's Trump. Then you bring Carmel on nasty ass out there for the all star weekend. <laughs> I could have gone without him, man. Yeah. I could have gone without him, but yeah. I know they wanted to do the top three scores. It's, it's in Salt Lake, man. You're just not gonna have the mailman man, as dirty handed as he is. So, why did why didn't bring John Stockton weird ass out there? Then? I mean, when you just talking, they want to bring Carl Malone ass ass. Well, Carl had to be there for the presentation of of LeBron. Yeah, you, you know the top three, the top three scores. So that's I got you. I got you. Yeah, he had anyway, to we will talk more about the uh, the uh, NBA All Star Weekend. Um, also, we will talk about uh, how the Grizzlies look so far. They played a game since the last time we spoke since the All Star break. Tough loss against the Philadelphia 76 A very entertaining game to kick off uh, the return of the NBA season. For the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, tough loss against Philadelphia on the road, led by as many as 17, lost by five. The gambling line was four, uh, but just a great game. Um, I don't really have much negative to say about the game itself, but, you know, of course, you would like to see the Grizzlies win. We will talk about that as well as our favorite segment, uh, who brought the seasoning. I've got my person uh, for the seasoning. I'm sure Jason has his as well. 
And we're back. Like we said, All-Star break is over. We'll chop it up, and we will give our thoughts on All-Star weekend. We're going to talk about and dissect everything you saw this All-Star weekend, including African music in Utah. At the- <laughs> at the- I know them folks were shocked. Yeah, bro. That was it. Was I don't know, bro. I, I, Afro I, beats. I'm, I'm in my feelings because I do feel like there is. I do feel like there is a calculated, quasi attack on American basketball that the NBA is doing. Like they're trying to. I think they're using. They're they're trying too hard and too obvious with the whole international thing. Like trying to reach an international audience. And it's 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 it's, it's it was kind of ticking me off, bro. I'm like, okay, of all these dudes, uh, they started with the. Um, the, not the rising star, yeah, the rising stars game. They're like, oh man, the guy I want to see is Josh Giddy. Who the hell want to see Josh Giddy, man? And I mean, like, I like Josh Giddy; he's a hell of a player. But it's like they mic him up out of all the dudes that you no no Pablo, no Pablo Manchero, none of those dudes. You you mic up Josh Giddy, and then in the All Star game, you mic up Luka Doncic, and it's just like this obvious. We're trying to push this international thing, and like I get it, and Utah would be the perfect city to to pull that off, but. It was a little bit too much for me, but you know that's just me. That's me and my conspiracy brain, my sane brain. But but I'll step away from that. I'm I'm, I'm not going to touch that too much. Um, but starting with the, and I'll just I'll just talk about the events. And I know people have talked about the All Star. We're we're late coming back. Everyone else has already talked about their shows since Monday. And here we are on Friday coming back. But I do want to talk about these things. Yeah, I'll throw them out there. I'll throw out the event, and you kind of tell. I'll say what I think about it, and then you tell me what you think. Sure. Um, celebrity game. Um, real quick, I, I think I've just I'm just too old. I don't really have much of an opinion because I we grew up in the MTV Rock and Jock era, which I personally thought was some of the most amazing television I've ever seen in my life. Seeing people that were you know celebrities to me, these people aren't celebrities to me, but I'm not gonna say they're not celebrities. You had YouTube people. We live in a different time. It's cool, um, but me personally, I say scrap the whole thing and bring the Legends game back. Let me see T-Mac and them get out there and, and run a little bit. Let me see Zach Randolph, you know, Pal Gasol, Jason Williams. Bring the old dudes back. I'd rather see that than the celebrities. I don't care. It ain't my thing. I'm sure you probably ain't got much to say about it either, but it's back to you. No, I actually like your idea about, you know, seeing some of the old heads come back. I, I do, you know, how can they hold up? Didn't I want, I want, didn't Jay Will get hurt in something big three or something like that? Or, you know, at that age, you wonder if you could keep doing it year after year without a, you know, having a, some serious injuries, but I would much rather see them say, and I, I, I don't, I'm yeah. with you. I wasn't interested at all. And, right. and I, I would much rather go a different route now. You know, are there going to be years where, you know, you got a John, a Zion or something? Yeah. And I guess when Banyama and those guys will be the next crop of that, but mm-hmm. I would, I'm with you. I would much rather see the old heads come out there. Guys that I know are most, the majority, which probably still in shape. I know, I know the NBA wants to kind of, knock what the big three is doing i've heard that they've kind of like they don't really like the big three like they're mm-hmm. not partners they should start a partnership because the big three should definitely try to be a part of all-star weekend like you could use that to kind of spotlight what they're doing and i think it could be pretty dope if you did something do, like do that. you watch it saying just out of curiosity real quick no. do you watch big no, three? I don't. I don't either no but they could they should the NBA and the big three should be part of it. It makes sense. Yeah. They don't think they should be against each other. All right. Um, moving on. Skills competition. Don't care for it. Don't nope. understand the point of it. Nope. Get the hell up out of here. Um, 
never really was a fan. Maybe like when it was just a one-on-one thing when Mike Conley was in it. Um, that was the, that was when I actually realized Giannis had guard skills and it scared the hell out of me because I wasn't really paying that much attention to him as a rookie. But he came out there as a rookie, was dribbling the ball. I was like, all right, I didn't know that dude could do that. So <laughs> so that kind of scared me. Um, but right now, don't give a crap. Three-point contest. I share my opinion about this before mm-hmm. uh, the All-Star game. I liked it better when it was kind of a role players thing, when like your elite specialist shooters, best shooters in the league were in it. There's some guys I just don't want to see in the three-point contest, regardless of their percentage. Uh, shout out to Dame, one of the just kind of cementing how he's one of the most historical shooters, best shooters of all time. Um, Damian Lillard is definitely one of those guys that I used to hate as a fan, but it's just it's, as a fan of the overall game, I definitely respect and uh, cheer him on more now. Um, I applaud the fact that he's he's fine playing for the team he's on, regardless of what's going on. Like he he shares his frustration, but you haven't heard him talking about. You know, wanting to get up out of there. Your any thoughts to you with the three point competition? No, nah, I mean the the eye opener for me, and, and yeah, it was Dame's third time. It was good that he finally got one because he is one mm-hmm. of the premier shooters in the league. He needed to have one on his mantle. But uh, Halliburton having that thirty one point round, I know he didn't show well in the finals, but mm-hmm. my I came away from that thinking, my gosh, if Halliburton's this good a three point shooter with everything else he can do, Stu's a player. It's an ugly little shot he's got, but the man had a, the man had a thirty one pointer had Reggie Miller out of his seat. Um, I came away with, with that. Yes, Dame is a great shooter. True 30 points with five point shots, or no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got those extra shots yeah. now that made it, but dude, he hit everything. If you saw that round, yeah. there's no that if Reggie Miller's impressed, bro, we should be impressed. I know Reggie's impressed by David Roddy, and you know, maybe and he's all, he also was super the, impressed by you. Sanders come down a little bit, but this is his area of expertise, man. Shooters, I'm telling you, Halliburton yeah. shot lights out that round. You need to check it, check it out if you didn't see it. Like, I that, did see it that, so that's. I my, I came away from that thinking, my gosh, Tyrese Halliburton. I already knew he was good, but I came away thinking, man, if he's got that too, he's unstoppable. So that that was my big takeaway. But congrats to Dame on getting it on his uh, third time was a charm for him. Tyrese Halliburton, another media plant that the uh, NBA is uh, forcing in front of us. Uh, I have my I had my theories about that as well. I got real woke over the last few weeks. <laughs> when you woke about Halliburton, bro, <laughs> bro, there. I believe there's a reason why you're seeing so much at Tyrese Halliburton outside of how good he is on the court. And I was just how much, extra, how much extra of them did we see? I'll keep it to myself, man. Y'all, y'all keep me lifted up. DM so, me and I'll share DM me and I'll share those thoughts with you if okay. you listen. I'll share my agenda that I feel like the NBA is, is, is presenting. I believe there are some guys the NBA has no choice but to present, like the John Morants of the world, because they're so good. And there's some guys that they rather put on TV. Than, than those type of guys is what I'll say. And I'll let you guys gather from that um, what you like. But uh, I think I think they'd rather put the the Shea Gilgis Alexanders, the Tyrese Halliburtons. Um, but anyway, I, well, that's a whole nother discussion. I've, I've gotten awakened in the last few weeks, I believe, Jason Smith. No, I've been I've been I've been awakened for a real for, for a while. Um, so we're good on the three point competition, slam dunk contest. Another person they forced in front of us, Mac McClone, ugly ass, slam dunk champion, G Leaguer. Um, first of all, here's the thing: like everyone in the NBA community knows who Mac McClone was. Like he's he was a super viral, like top high school player in the country level dude who didn't really he he's kind of like like Mikey Williams is now. It's like pretending we didn't know who Mikey Williams was. He wasn't that level of big, but Mac McClung had a 
insane buzz before he went to go play college basketball. He didn't pan out as a player, and now he's kind of getting his second win as a young adult in the NBA. But um, super impressive. I'm not going to act like he didn't have a, didn't put on a great show. But um, I think I don't I don't see a problem with guys like that. I don't see a problem with that being the level of guy that's in the slam dunk contest. I don't have to see super impressive names. You're not going to see that anymore for whatever reason. So I think that it was a good, perfect storm for him to uh, have a showing like he did. To uh, We live in a world where whenever you see something that's not of, of the norm, of the regular, it gets you you know more excited about that particular thing. Seeing a 6'2", 6'3", white guy jumping like that in the slam dunk contest adds to it. Shout out to him. I hope I hope it really leads to, you know, some more endorsements for him, or maybe a team taking a better look at him, because he's, you know, it's it was funny. He put on a hell of a show, like like he did. He didn't. All jokes aside, but um, I'm also one of those people who thinks that, like I've said before, the slam dunk contest is for kids. It's not really for forty year old men. So it is what it is. So um, I don't I don't think it was ever truly dead, so to speak. Last year was absolute trash. The one before this year, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's always going to be. I think going forward, it's going to be for your first, second year guys. It's going to be for younger players or guys who are trying to get into the league. I don't mind that at all. So, yeah, leave it alone. Leave it just like y'all got it. And shout out to Mac McClung for saving it, like Reggie Miller said. Man, I Did just really save it though, bro. It's just it's just sad if we're saying that that was okay and we should just keep going what we got with the unknowns. I mean, I, I realize. <laughs> I kind of went to the extreme, saying, "Well, just bring in the globe trotters, just bring it in the and mm-hmm. one." But it sounds like that—that's what we're saying. Um, Those things don't really exist, though. Like there ain't dude, no dude, one. Dude, this is all about superstars not wanting to hurt their brands mm-hmm. more. And I know Stephen A. took some flack about it for his take on it right after the All Star weekend. What did he say? I, I've been saying it for years. LeBron is the one is the one we blame. Oh for yeah, yeah. LeBron is the man who made it cool not to do it, and why? Because of the risk. Because if you don't show well, what it could do to your brand as a mm-hmm. shoe, you fall, you know. All of that. I heard LeBron was being petty about it, though. I heard that that's what LeBron was saying, but the real thing was he felt like he should have been a rookie all-star, and he was like, no, I'm not going to dunk if I'm not going to be all-star. That may be saying how it started, but he kept it going the entire time, and like you said, Mm -hmm. I just – He never did it. Nah, nah, those days – Kobe did it, bro. Like everybody, all the greats did it back in the day, T-Mac, Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins. What are we talking about? It Mm -hmm. it changed, and we have him to blame. Now, I'm not going to sit here – you know, in 2023 and be like, it's on LeBron and the NBA to fix this thing because it does. It feels like it's too far gone, saying to your point. Mm-hmm. We may as well just focus on guys who focus on dunking at this point, you know, guys who do it year round, even if that's just guys that haven't right. played a game in the league like Matt McClung. But, bro, I'm- this th- this is sad. The NBA, you, you, you make a good point about how it feels like it's so concerned right now with drawing, you know, the international flavor and drawing the world in. When mm-hmm. frankly, in its own country, it's it's losing it's it's losing attention losing the foundation. From, from the ratings to everything else. Mm-hmm. And while while we're trying to go for this worldview, and so back to the point, man. One of the things that used to have us glued to it was a right. dunk contest that had stars. So I can't believe the NBA has allowed it to fall off this far and keeps trying, you know, new things. In this case, you know, this this viral sensation, Matt McClung. Yeah, we're gonna give him a shot. Like I cannot believe we've we've fallen to these lows instead of just going whatever <laughs> problem is, trying to find some incentive to get the stars back out there. But I realize we may be too far past that now when you're talking about brands of these guys and you're also talking about the injury concerns because 
you want stars in it. Well, stars mean more to their teams. And so getting injured in a dunk contest, it's almost if you're a star, almost unforgivable at this point. But I can't stand what it's become. And I blame the NBA for letting it get this far. LeBron right. started a trend and the NBA's allowed it to continue. Not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this not incentivizing it enough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this too. I'm going to throw out something that I don't think anybody's talking about. I think that the increased skill level of the league is affecting the slam dunk contest too. And when I say that, this doesn't have anything to do with getting your stars like your John Morant or Anthony Edwards. I don't think that's not what I'm talking about. Like getting your, you remember when we grew up, you would see the Kenny Skywalkers, the D Browns and all yeah. these different guys who were just these crazy athletic guys that could run, that could run and jump. Yeah. Those kind of guys are kind of not making it in the NBA. Like those kind of guys, like if you don't have a, if you can't shoot the ball, if you can't score, just the athletic run and jump guys just kind of don't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Like those guys really don't get the opportunities they used to get. Uh, I think that kind of affects it as well. Like, you know, you had guys back in the day, man, they weren't really the best basketball players. They could, they could run and jump and defend. You know what I mean? <laughs> but those, those dudes just aren't around as much as they used to be. Um, Guys have to have some type of ability to shoot the ball more, or they're just not in the NBA. No, that's at all. a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, the Nances and D Brown, some of those. Yeah, guys. Larry Nance, those type of dudes. They weren't superstars, but they they you know they were mm-hmm. you know. But now, Lee, how many of those guys do you have? Because to your yeah. point, you got to be so skilled. Like just your boy, uh, what's the guy who can jump out of jump, jump out of this world? He looks like the Lawson brothers a little bit. Ah, damn, he played for the Miami Heat for a while. Uh, uh, Der- uh Derek. I'm talking about Derek uh, Jones, Jerry Jones, Jones, Jones Jr. Like those type of dudes, it ain't many of them dudes left in the league, man. You know what I mean? That's and like, uh, that, um, what's the boy that the Knicks drafted? Uh, light skinned dude, bushy oh. eyebrow, Dunker. Yeah, he was in the slam contest. Uh, um, like that guy, they're looking at that dude like a dude that can't play. And mm-hmm. a few years ago, he would have been 10 years ago, he would have been like, you know, you know what I mean? So, because yeah. even even like Blake Griffin, who was like number one draft pick that year, a kid coming out with Blake Griffin skill said he won't get that type of, um, he won't be that type of dude, the kind of kind of prospect coming out now as opposed to 10, 15 years ago. So, I, I think that definitely has something to do with it. Um, I do like the uh, Rising Stars game. OB, that kid's name, it was on my head. OB Topping. OB Topping, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like the Rising Stars game. I like the way they do that. I like the the format of it. Um, I don't really care for the G League thing. I don't really care for that at all. Do do two teams of do um, East rookies, West rookies, East sophomores, West sophomores, and just have a tournament that way. Get as many first and second year guys as you can in. Yeah. Let them go. In. Oh, I'm sorry. I do like the guys who aren't 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 in the league yet, though. I say take eight of them. Put two on each team, East rookies, West rookies. You talking about those ignite guys? Yeah, like, the guys, those guys. Yeah, yeah, get eight of those guys. Yeah, I ain't got to see um, Junior Lofton in that game because it's kind of crazy. Because Junior Lofton's like not even. It's true. It's kind of like Michael Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm like Junior's a, an incredible player, but he's a dude on a two way. I don't particularly want to see him in All Star Weekend. You understand what I'm saying? So um, I, I, they just had the ignite guys. And just do the rook first and second year players like that, keep it moving. But I love the concept, the little mini tournament where they're playing games to forty or twenty five. I loved it. I really, I really like seeing those yeah. guys mixed in like that. So that was, that was pretty dope. I liked that for sure. Um, I love what they're doing with that. I'm so glad they got away from the uh, 
USA versus the world, first and second year guys. Oh, I hate it. World because they're forcing they're forcing players on the world team. I don't mm-hmm. I can't get with it. Uh, and there's also people saying the All Star Game should be USA versus the world. Definitely don't want to do that as well because you're basically saying you're going to have 12 American born All Stars, and that's it. They make the team, and you got 12 world guys. And I'm sorry, I can't name 12 world All Stars. So they're going to be forcing that too. Um, oh man, another another conspiracy almost came up on me. It's about Giannis. I'm going to leave that alone, man. I'm just too woke for y'all tonight. I don't want to run nobody off. <laughs> uh, uh, Sanye West over here, man. <laughs> what, about the, what about the All-Star game, Say How we fix that? Oh, man. Do we really need to fix it, man? Can we fix it? We can't. We don't. Here's, here's, a, here's a question, Jason Smith. You're a black man born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. So am I. The Southern Heritage Classic has been in Memphis all of our adult lives. How many people go to the Southern Heritage Classic and can tell you much of anything about the game or even attend the game? Well, the game sells out, so they definitely attend it. But how many people, the actual game itself is the highlight of the thing? Probably for a very small percentage of the... Right. So what I'm saying is I've pretty much always looked at the actual all-star game as a pageant almost. Like it's parade the guys out there, go out there, have fun, see camaraderie between the guys, whatever. And every now and again, you'll get close games where guys go at it. Like, I've never overthought about the All-Star game. It's ridiculous as it always looks every year. I never really get too excited about how it looks one way or another. Because to me, I think it's just an ex- I think it's just a celebration of how good these guys have been so far in the season. I don't really care. I don't really think there's a way you can fix it, man. Because they're not going to go out there and play hard against each other. And I think you hear people saying, do like baseball did. I don't want my team's home court advantage based on what some guys did in the all-star game like this no the charity the, the charity thing should work better than what it's doing though because it seems like these guys should care about these charities more than than what they're doing <laughs> like like that you know what i mean like it seems like that alone should fix it but it, that's just not working either but as far as the picking teams you have to kill them yeah get the hell out of here with that just go back to east versus west let it be what it is and, and if they don't want to do that just eliminate just if you're going to pick teams, eliminate East and West altogether. Take, you know, your take your 10, your four best guards, your four best wings, your two best bigs let in the whole entire league. Let that be your starters. Split those teams up and do the same thing with the reserves. Like, because, you know, then you got guys who, is, if the East is that depleted, why are we calling these guys all-stars? You know what I'm saying? So uh, where are you at with, with, the whole, with the all-star game itself? That is, I, Again, the same thing. We're just going to let this sit. Uh, I thought the the draft thing beforehand was a huge abject failure. Um, kill that. Don't bring it back. Maybe East West doesn't restore a sense of more of a sense of competition, but it makes things simpler. You don't have that stupidness where, you know, Jaron's hoping not to be the last reserve taken. Mm-hmm. Jokic is sitting up there standing before, so he won't be the last starter taken. Like it was embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, so, it's just really goofy, uh, man just drawn so far out and so unnecessary. So mm-hmm. listen, maybe you can't fix the game from a competitive standpoint. You may be right about that, but at least don't give us the, the two to three hours of, you know, draft, <laughs> however long that lasts. I just don't play the game. Like, you I don't want to I, I, I just, I remember in 94, man, the ice storm, you know, you remember that in Memphis. And the reason I remember that is because um, in Midtown, no, in Midtown, like we, we, 
you know, you had to go through trees, bro, to 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 get on the streets of Memphis at that time. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're impassable most of the streets. But I was so excited to see Scottie Pippen in that All-Star game. Uh, he ended up wearing the red shoes and wearing NBA yeah, yeah, yeah. that I got my dad to drive me out to it was basically out there by White Station, Poplar's called the old Satellite Club. Now back then, you know, if you want to see something, we we didn't have any power at the house, but uh, a lot of these uh, sports bars had satellite, all that. Well, it was mm-hmm. on, and I went to watch it just as a kid. I'm 94. That was Man. my my graduation year. I'm 18 years old, and I'm still really into the All Star Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, as recently as then, I just. I don't know, man. When it was East West, there there was a pride. Maybe that goes back to the brands of these guys now, and it's not necessarily yours. These dudes don't even hey. play for the team; they play for a loan. They don't even have the East West pride no more. <laughs> All of that seems gone, and so, like I said, maybe the competitiveness is out of it. But listen, I I just think it's it's worth the NBA trying to get right. And you're right; the the charity thing should be better. But I just think you got to keep tweaking, man. You can have a better product or a more competitive product. To, some where guys care. Maybe you're, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't have all the answers, but that this weekend, uh, save for the dunk contest, just the performance of Matt mm-hmm. himself, man, I was bored to death by the whole thing. So I just, could the, could and look at the ratings. Ball. The ratings say I wasn't the only one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, real quick as we get off of this, um, could the ratings be not the ratings? Could the All Star Game itself be saved if, in in negotiations this, um, this summer? Could it be say? Could it be enhanced if you said, "Okay, guys, look, if y'all play harder, we'll give y'all we'll give y'all another week off." <laughs> could they say, "Look, we'll, we'll give y'all two whole weeks off, or we'll give y'all ten days, or whatever you want to do off, if y'all, you know, play or whatever." Is is that worth more than a bonus would be to them? Because. I know, I know. We say it's easy. They all got money. So what's what's the number on it? But yeah. why not just the like NBA ain't got money either, bro. They want to pay dumb money for these dudes to bro, play. They have, the NBA has China money. They could pay these dudes. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, they will take the China yeah. money. You telling me like the dunk contest? You can't incentivize thing and put enough of a bonus on winning the All Star game that it's a little bit more right. competitive than it was this past week. Like this we is, saw, we saw Nike out shoes. there set up a frozen John Morant shoe. We saw yeah. Nike put a frozen John Moran shoe out there to promote his shoe. Are you telling me Nike couldn't come in, take over their contest, and make oh, it? Oh, Nike, Kia, all these folks. They, yeah. they may have so many uh, yeah. sponsors and, and the folks that would be eager to put the money up to have the name on it. I don't, yeah. I do not understand why more simple solutions have not been explored here. Yeah, because these guys will. Everybody yeah, love the I think it's all kind of overblown anyway because the All-Star game kind of is what it is. Like, it don't really – we're talking about – because to me, it's still better than the Pro Bowl. It's still better than any other sports All-Star weekend, but – It is. Whatever. Um, on to post-All-Star. And, of course, you guys are listening to the Grind Season podcast with Anthony Sane and Jason Smith. On to the game on Thursday, the Grizzlies lost against Philadelphia. I was expecting us to get murdered by this team. Philadelphia's playing great basketball. They play great at home. The Grizzlies got up by as much as 17. You and I were watching the game at Martial Arts with our son. Shout out to CJ playing uh, in the playoffs for the cross-check league. And shout out to Gabe playing his first game of the NBA season tomorrow in the other league. I think it's called the PAA or whatever. Shout out to these uh, our two private school sons we have. (laughs) Hoping they'll be better than us. 
Yeah, man. Hoping they'll be better than us, man. The, the stories our kids come home with at um mm-hmm. with school. But anyway, um I'm I feel okay because I like to see I like that the Grizzlies competed the way they did. Uh mm-hmm. they played much better than I thought they would. But it's becoming to be a super reoccurring theme to see how we're losing games. And I talked about these things on you guys' show today, and I'll throw them back out to you as well. There are three main things that bother me. And one thing that's kind of creeping up that I didn't really want to – it's kind of like Pennywise. You kind of knew it was there, but you figured you could just kind of keep on moving and it wouldn't be an issue. Um, Let's talk about that one first depending why it's in the room. Uh, I would look at Taylor Jenkins and I would say, man, that guy Taylor Jenkins, he's going to keep growing with this team. They listen to him. They got his heart. You know, everyone's big up to T Jinx, you know, all these type of things. uh, Jaron's giving them shout outs and rap lyrics and like, yeah, man, Taylor Jenkins is going to grow with this team. He's going to be the next Greg Popovich. As our great team grows, he's going to grow. I'm flat out not seeing that lately. And I wonder how much longer, Coach Jenkins is gonna be here because like there are things that there are things about Jaron, there are things about Jada, there are things about Bain, things about Dylan that you say, man, at this point of their career, they should have that figured out by now. But those things have to go the same way with Taylor Jenkins. And like we talked about on the show on your show today, it just makes you wonder how much is I'm Taylor Jenkins. I've got all authority to do whatever I want to do from the bench. Um, I'm I'm against the organ the organization wants me to do this, but I'm playing my rotations this way or how much is is it is playing or is it coming from the top down that we're only playing guys this this amount of minutes and we're going to have a focus was the fact that he came from coach bud's system and understood that way that way of coaching was that part of why he was hired you know what i mean so it just makes you wonder how much of what he's doing is with the system or against the system I think it's a directive from the front office because i don't think taylor jenkins has earned it in this league to be able to go against a front office that, yeah, you know, maybe you've had some misses here of late. Maybe there's a little bit more pressure on you than there has been in the past, but come on, this front office still gets the benefit of the doubt. And so all of a sudden Taylor Jenkins is the man, the accomplished enough coach that would go against that. I mean, I think you look at that box score last night and the fact that you, you point this out on our show saying, I went look, you know, and beats 39, Harden's 40, Maxie's 37 off the bench and yours, although they're, they're above their season average, are 33, 32, 33 for Jaron, 32 for Ja, 32 for Bain. It there's there's a cap, and we've seen it all season long. And I do not, there is no way on this earth that I believe that that's Taylor Jenkins playing this flag in the ground saying, No, as the coach of this thing going forward, because I know I'm gonna be the coach for the life, like he could like like he could even you know guarantee that to himself that here's my plan to play these guys less. So I've yep. got, you know, the more, the more the we talk about it, the more we this, think this about it. Feels like, up front office. So yeah. the minute thing I don't believe is on Taylor Jenkins. Now, does that absolve him of everything? No, saying no, because I'm with you. There's some things that you want to just at this point. Yeah. Why don't John Jaron have more of a two man game? Why hasn't right. that been more of a priority mm-hmm. for you as a head coach to make that part of your offense? That's right. it. The minutes thing. I just, I cannot bring myself to put that on Taylor that's mm-hmm. got to be climbing in them. Yeah, you, it makes you wonder, like, like, it seems like you got two all-stars this year in spite of the weirdness. Like, those guys, they don't do anything intentional for, with, with your two best players to get going at the same time, and it's super strange. Like, And I can't blame you know, anybody but him. That, that all seems super odd to me. And then I don't care, man. I don't care what the initiative is. I don't care how we – what our plan was. 
five minutes in the game left against one of the best teams in the East. I'm playing well on the road. Mm -hmm. My best dudes are going up against your best dudes for the last five minutes of the game. David Roddy, I love you. Sit down. John Contra, I love you. Sit down. Xavier Tillman, I don't care what – I don't care how Brandon Clark's playing. He's He's been big in big moments, playoff moments. Same especially, especially when you've lost seven straight on the road. Just to yeah, add uh, – Yeah, you know, I'm finishing this game with Jaron and Brandon like, Clark. I don't right care. Here, exactly. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. he's, you he's can – I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. And then like, there's certain things that make me wonder, like, okay, like even if we're saying that it's coming from the front office, right? If we're saying it's coming from the front office. Okay, so does that mean you can't play – are they telling you not to play Santi and Jaron together, or you know what I mean? Are they telling you to try to make Tillman poor, uh, broke ass man's Stephen Adams? I mean, I mean, what are you? All that is just super weird to me. Um, I'll throw this out to you next. Desmond Bain's foot. Yeah. How much do you think that's affecting his game, especially his shot? Because man, there were there were shots in the past. You knew it was like okay, that's the shot that Bain would have hit to put us uh, up four. Or, or make a one-point lead, a four-point lead, or make down one up two. And we just didn't see, you know, tie the game at the end of the game yesterday. And then that reset when he got that second mm-hmm. shot, I was like, nah, man, that's not Desmond Bain. Like, I've seen that dude be a murderer in close games. You know what I mean? When we were a super clutch team last year, um, where are you at on Desmond Bain in that foot situation? He's still shooting 42% from three this mm-hmm. month. Um it hasn't been the bane that we saw in, in Harrington's been Chris Harrington over at the Daily Memphis has been great on this. You and I mm-hmm. talk about uh, I mean, his stuff all the time. He points out, but the, you know, he's been on this too, that you haven't had the bane, the plus 30 bane that you saw mm-hmm. prior injury since. And he whether it's like NBA all-star Desmond Bain beginning. Of the absolutely. He was, he was on his way to certainly being right there in the running forward and probably would have made it again. If he had stayed mm-hmm. playing at that level where you're talking about a, you know, got what it what his seasons average around 21, 21.6. I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying then it was 24, 25. And he yep. was also yep. being a playmaker and everything else. So it does seem like to me it's affecting him. And I just wonder, you know, you saw he went off early in that game, probably feeling one kind of way about that toe. And then as that game goes yep. on, right, you wonder how much it's bothering him. And you literally saw him go from killing, what was it, night 17, 19 first quarter? To, mm-hmm. to not doing much else, six points over the rest of the game, yep. something like that. So you wonder, does it does it bother him as the game goes on? If la- last night certainly looked like evidence that it might be. Yep. And so, I listen, he's still super effective. That's why I point out, I mean, you're shooting 42%, but I I, I don't think, you know, that you're going to get that that guy that can give you 30-plus on a couple in a couple of playoff games. I'm with you. You said something on our show. This this feels like to me it's this is gonna have to be something that's gonna dress in the offseason, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's surgery or whatever mm-hmm. else. And that's that. I, I think it's bothering him. I, I really mm-hmm. do. Um, also the third thing I want to talk about, third major thing. We talked about Taylor Jenkins, talked about Josh, talked about uh Desmond Bain. Um, the third major thing I, I think that uh, I want to talk about is um Jaron Jackson Jr. No, I'm sorry, John ja Morant. Does Ja look Ja's a superior player, one of the better players in the league. I've seen Ja score uh, very silent 20-something points in the game. Like, his, you don't even remember him scoring five. You know what I mean? Um, with that being said, Ja just doesn't look the same. And I don't think it's health. I think mentally he's got some things he's battling. He's got a lot of negative cri- uh, criticism toward himself, a lot of things he's dealing with off the court has that we know about publicly off the court. 
And that was, those type of things have to weigh on you. And I think that John's a mentally tough guy, but I think he's kind of hitting the point where then he has everyday stuff that ain't got nothing to do with basketball. You know what I mean? So I think that right now he's kind of going through a point where he's processing a lot of stuff. Uh, when Nike delivers a shoe with diamonds in it for you, <laughs> that comes with a certain level of expectation. You know what I mean? So um, as you saw in the All-Star game, you only had like six points. It didn't really seem like he was engaged in the game too much at all. Um, I just think he's in a, in a rough little patch right now. And I think he's I think he's good enough of a player where you don't really see it, but you can see it. I, I think he probably feels a little attacked at this point, like the world's, you know, maybe come back with more energy than necessarily he feels right. like he put out there. We all said saying this was going to be part of it, you and I both, when – you know, going back to the the incidents he's had this season and the, you know, what he said to Malika. Um, I think he's he's kind of over it and tired of it and wishing it was behind him. I see a guy that's distracted. And I mm-hmm. also see a guy who is used to having that lane cleared out for him by Steven Adams, and it just ain't as clear. And he's trying to go, you right. know, dunk on Embiid last night. He's going to jump over a motherfucker. And not realize <laughs> that it ain't like that without Steven in there. That lane ain't clear. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? That It's not. And, and plus, he, I mean, he took off from so far out for that one. And, and you trying to get on Joel? That that one just wasn't happening. But I would go back to distracted. He would have dunked on Jokic's ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go ahead. But um, uh, I just feel like there's a good chance he's distracted. Maybe feeling a little bit attacked. I think he's fine. Are you talking about? I mean, that broke a string of, uh, I don't know, you know, double digit twenty plus scoring games last night. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, from a scoring standpoint, you could say he's been pretty consistent. Uh, three of sixteen. He's gonna have off nights. You don't see many of those. But I'm with you that I just think in the body language or, you know, maybe it's in my own mind. I kind of agree with you. It feels like he's been just a little bit, maybe a little bit distracted, maybe a little bit not there in his man. You know, we just see Jared, you see John out there, he throwing up goggles, he, he too little. What have you seen? John just looks super bouncy and free on the court. He ain't, it seems like he's like struggling, not struggling, but laboring through games. and And that's not. It's not typical Big Twelve. Well, so. I hope it's not. I hope it's not. You say laboring through games, you make me making it sound like it's physical. I, no, I don't I, think it's anything physical. I, I just think he's physical. Yeah, you're, yeah. He got to get his laboring mentally through games. He got to get the joy of the Lord back, like we say in the church. I feel you. Don't worry about minutes time, just that. Yeah, um, Jaron is playing with it. Huh? Jaron is playing with that joy. You saw him yesterday yeah. when he snatched yeah. that ball from Tobias, and then Niang took it, and Jaron's yeah. laughing. I'm like, yeah. man, I can't believe you. You you're gonna be the one trying to take. Yeah, you tough man. But he was smiling. Dude is so, such a clown. He blocked it. Yeah, I'm probably giving away too much of my uh of my uh you know who yeah. brought the seasoning. But yeah, yeah. listen, I, I'm with you though. That game, I think the further I get away from it, the more encouraged I am by it. Like, Jaw was not playing well. You didn't mm-hmm. have Steven Adams, and you were right there with a, you know, playing. You, you had a contender on the ropes and a team that had its full roster in Philly. There, you know, that yeah, you lost the game, but there was still a little, a lot to to like about your effort. Yeah. Um, I had a uh, a third point that, that was I was going to talk about Jaron, but let's go ahead and move on to the last segment because uh, sure. I'm sure you kind of gave a, a, a spoiler, uh, a teaser of who your season is going to be. So let's go ahead and jump to that. You guys are listening to Grind Season here on the Free Odyssey Podcast Network uh, with Anthony Sane and Jason Smith. Subscribe and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, the uh, our favorite part of the show, a part that you guys get to hear once a week, is who brought the seasoning? Jason Smith, I'm going to pass the ball to you as we wrap up the show. Uh, and you tell us who brought the seasoning this week. 
uh, for me, it was, it was, it was, it was Jaron Jackson. And listen, I know, you know, you said Jason, he had 18 and nine uh, against, uh, against Philly. Wasn't, you know, one of his, not, not his best game, but I, it, to me, it's the way it's what he's doing. You, you saw the dunk of Embiid uh, leading the league in blocks, but you also saw at the end of that game, he caught the ball off the rim and the putback dunk in that one. Like I just see a guy who is getting more confident by the game. There've been times when we've, and I, I've t- I think one one time for season we gave him smelling sauce because we wanted him to wake up and realize you are a grown man now. It's yeah. me. I see it in his body language. Mm-hmm. I see a guy who's realizing. It. I see a guy who's the vice president of the players Ooh, association. Shout out to boy, 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 Jay. Yeah, he's grown up. Oh, and it, he's thinking about more than just himself. Yep. When you when you start looking at it through those lenses mm-hmm. with the CBA coming up, I just see a. Uh, a young man who's maturing and realizing, like we've said all season long, saying I'm a walking mismatch who can dominate this league on both ends, right. you know. And 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 to to for that, uh, he gets all he gets all my all my season and whatever your favorite. Yeah, yeah, he's not the kid talking about Pokemon and exactly, uh, man. He's growing up. Bro. Yeah, it's he's happening. yeah. Right before our eyes, we're watching him become a man, and and it's kind of similar to not on the same level because he was never an immature player. Like we saw, it's kind of like how we saw Mike Conley. Turn from the little quiet dude that everybody was pointing the finger at to you know husband father grown ass man with the team. So yep. Yep. shout out to Jaron. He's um and and like I said, playing against in my opinion the best big in the league, Joel Embiid, battling with him, blocking his shots. Yeah, the most you know, physical, physical with him, not fouling out. Want to say your hand like three fouls total that game, if not yeah. two. So shout out to him for that. I'm gonna agree with you on the seasoning, but I do want to give one more man, um, props on that. Uh, okay. And that's my boy David Roddy. If, if I were to, if I were, <laughs> if I were God of the NBA, getting ready to destroy the world, David, uh, uh, or getting ready to destroy this draft class that um, Zach Levy, and uh, Zach, like Zach Levy, um, I forgot the man's name, uh, Zach Kleiman. If I was, if I was God of the NBA, getting ready to destroy this this draft class that Zach Kleiman is presented, David Roddy would be my Moses. He would be the one. Is that right? Who was the one that told God? No, when God's great to destroy the world, who's the one he said, um, would you would, that was Noah? I'm sorry, he'd be my Noah. Like is no, no, I'm not. Help me out. You don't want to go to church every week, son. I mean, every Sunday. Uh, so. Which story, which analogy you well, trying God to said, uh God was ready to tear this whole shit up. And he was like, Man, will, will you save will you spare for just one righteous person? Who he said that to? Bro, don't get don't oh, he, Jason Smith. You caught me in a you caught me in a bad time, man. Uh, y'all, y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. He'd be that. He, that's who that motherfucker would be. David Roddy be the dude that he. God oh, you, said. You gonna curse and compare him to a biblical figure? <laughs> God know my heart, Jason Smith. Don't do me, man. But yeah, David Roddy is the one that, that I spared his draft class for. For sure. Shout out to him, man. Nine points yesterday. And my thing with David Roddy, I like him so much. The stuff that he does wrong. It's because he's a guy who's a known, like, I've got the scores mentality. I've got Hooper mentality. Now I'm trying to fit into a lesser role. It's those type of things. It ain't like I'm scared to be out there type shit. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's all well, I got, man. Because he's a football player. So yeah, it's another episode of Grind Season. With your boy, Anthony Sane. And Jason Smith. Yeah. <sighs> 24 more games, though. Is that right? Correct. 24 oh, more. Our break is over. We took Next us an extra break on top of that motherfucker. <laughs> we came back Friday. <laughs> These folks have been talking since Monday. But yeah, Next here we one. are. Next one is Denver there, uh, Billy Graham. Ooh, Lord Jesus. 
Yeah. Y'all MVP. Y'all's MVP. Y'all be the best player in the NBA to me, bro. And then Jason Taylor. But yeah. Then Luka Doncic, then Jokic. But you understand that there's really nothing on that Denver team other than Jamal Murray, right? Like it's really all other than that. You don't act like when Jamal Murray got hurt that them dudes season, like them dudes, the best they ever went was when Jamal Murray was on their team going crazy in the bubble, right? Y'all ain't no question that. he was on one back then. But all I'm saying is there ain't much else on that team other than him and Jokic that that you just don't want ever give. I know some have elevated Aaron Gordon, not me. Right. I mean, he's, I'm he's, he's I'm Aaron Gordon. Go ahead. As I wrap up this message, y'all, I'm, uh, y'all, I'm, I'm wrapping up, y'all. I'm wrapping up. Preacher talk. As as we uh, as we close, they ain't had an energy for John Morant last year when John Morant was when we were good, and I guess it's because he was hurt and we'll still winning. But anyway, y'all get what I'm trying to say. But for Jason Smith, this is Anthony saying we about to slide about this biatch. We'll see y'all next week and keep grinding.